Hey, what's up? This is Michael Unbroken, host of the Think Unbroken podcast, and you are listening to The Shadows Podcast. Hey, Shadows listeners. If you're looking to make some extra income that also impacts people, then you need to look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. If you don't already know, Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years. I got certified through Giant in 2018, and I've been teaching ever since. Just to give you some context, they used to own and operate the John Maxwell brands. They ran the LeaderCast conferences where Jim Collins, Henry Cloud, Malcolm Gladwell, and Simon Sinek, just to name a few, were regular speakers. They have over 500 coaches worldwide, working in over 127 countries, and are being hired by companies like Google, Chick-fil-A, Pfizer, Delta, and more. And yes, you can do this too. I know this might sound intimidating, but Giant will literally give you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch. You get hands-on training from top-level coaches to learn the exact methodology and tools that six-figure coaches are using. You get an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, even if you wanna work 100% remotely and you'll get to join a thriving community of coaches from all around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn the ins and outs of how to build a successful coaching business. This is both for experienced coaches, consultants, and those who are looking to start coaching and consulting with little to no experience. If you wanna hear the really good news, this whole workshop, it's free, 100% free. And you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash shadows. Why not give it a shot? What's better than making a positive change in people's lives and making some extra money in the process? Giant launches a new hiring cohort every month. Now, they only have 20 coaching slots available each month. So it's first come first serve. So go ahead and make sure you reserve your spot. If you're ready to make an impact and get paid doing it, Go to giant.tv forward slash shadows, giant.tv forward slash shadows. All right. I want to welcome everybody back to another episode of the shadows podcast. Uh, We just recently celebrated our 100th episode and now we're here with 102 with someone that we had on our fourth episode. I told him we almost made the full loop. Uh, to 104 with him as well, but he is the co-founder of Giant. He's a global speaker, best-selling author, and now he has a new book out, The Peace Index, a five-part framework to conquering chaos and finding fulfillment. Jeremy Kubitschek, sir, welcome back to the Shadows Podcast. Man, it's so good to be with you. I need to I need to know what do I call you. I can't just call you Trip. Like, what's your rank? I need to call you. What's your What's your rank right now? I'm Master Sergeant. Master Sergeant. All right. So I wish as a civilian, I wish we would have like ranks. ranks. <laughs> yeah. I wish we could just go, yeah, you're, you've made it to this level. You're called uh blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? You would be like chief master sergeant right now. So, <laughs> so that's, that's where your rank would be. Uh, well, I love it, dude. First of all, awesome, awesome house there, by the way. I uh, got the little tours you were walking up there. You could let our audience oh, yeah, know. My... What's yeah, that? We built it. We built a neighborhood. My wife. And I, we were moving back from London, and so we built this neighborhood of modern farmhouses, and there's uh, 21 of them. God. And uh, so she built this house. My wife is a is a builder, and 
she worked with someone to you know design and all that but but uh yeah really fun Super cool where let our audience know if they by the way go back and listen to episode four really good stuff we talked mm-hmm. about his story but let them know where you're located yeah i live in oklahoma city uh and i've lived in russia um i was in yeah, coup attempt in russia that's a fun story if you want to talk it's crazy and then i've lived in atlanta for uh, almost a decade and then london for a few years and then been back to the hometown of okc yeah what so, a life did, did i hear it correct you work with uh oklahoma sooners football team now yeah i'm the, I, I coach uh brent venables and then i'm yeah. i'm the team mental advisor sports performance uh for all of the football team so how did, yeah, how did so that take shape I we've been working with this, all the sports teams, yeah, and they needed they just wanted to go a little deeper, and so they asked us to play a role. And so I'm now every Saturday I'm wearing literally I'm I'm all wearing the coach's garb. I'm you know people will say hey coach they don't know you know who I am, <laughs> and I'm on the sideline like I'm traveling to West Virginia this weekend and uh, just working with eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds using the same content that we yeah. use with companies. And it's been so fascinating. Well, I, th- I think we see how this conversation to go now. I'm Master Sergeant Bodenheim and you're Coach Kubacek. So um, <laughs> there, there we go. Coach Kub. Yeah, that's how, that's how we'll roll with this one. Well, first of all, congrats on the Peace yeah, Index. Thanks. Thank yes. you, mate. It's really fun. Um, but my The publisher, uh, it was really interesting because I signed up three book deal. And they go, Hey, before, can you add one on at the beginning? And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll consider it as four books over the next six years, five, six years. Like, all right, well, let's let's talk about it. And uh, they said, well, we want the one that you do on peace. The world needs it, but we need it out this fall, meaning right now. And I'm like, okay, this was April 26th. And, and they go, so we would need the book by May 31st. And I'm like, it's April 26th. Chaos. And, and so I was like, let's go. And so I, I talked to my wife. I looked at my calendar and basically uh, we wrote the book. I wrote it in 18 days. Wow. And I just, just cranked and they weren't all together, you know, 18 days in May. And um, yeah. So we, we did it. And it made me realize I can do that. You know, it's this, it's this level, this is like 30,000 page book, mm-hmm. sorry, 30,000 word book. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I, I can get it done. You know, it's my sixth book that I've written. So I can, I can do that fifth published. So um, anyway, it's fun. I'm struggling to get out a weekly blog for the Lehman Charlie Network. <laughs> and you're, you write a book in like a month. So I definitely respect you. And and it wasn't reading it. It wasn't something that seems like it was just whipped together. It seems like it was something very, very well thought out, like very deep. Uh, something that, you know, it, I love when I find a book at the right time in my life. And this was one of those books that I chalk up to that where it was, wow, I needed this um, at the moment that I picked it up. But first thing I want to talk about for you is, how does your definition of peace differ than most people's definition of it? So, uh, yeah, okay. Let me give you, um, let me say what I think peace is. I think peace is power. Yeah. And I think most people will think peace is real soft. 
and I think peace is power. So this, uh, I was writing the book and I was about to finish in this friend of mine. She was in uh, South Africa and she older lady and she, she woke up and, uh, from a dream and it was a dream about me. She sends me the dream in her sleep. She goes, they had the weirdest dream. And she said, I saw you in the ocean and you were like walking towards these waves and these waves were just pounding, but they weren't pushing you back. You were just going right through them. And, um, then I looked and you had iron legs hmm. and you were just walking through this surf with iron legs. And then all of a sudden I looked and people started linking arms with you and people were walking towards these waves. And the, the idea was basically they had iron legs too. They were people of peace. They had power. And so when I look at peace, it's almost like an inner resolve. Mm -hmm. It's an inner resolution to um, uh, uh, really a depth of maturity that doesn't allow external chaos to shape who you are, to frame who you are, but you have iron legs. You actually can go right into waves and deal with things. And it's called resiliency. And so for me, you know, that piece comes from lots of different places. Uh, you know, I go, well, there's a deep faith component to that, a spiritual side, there's a mental side, there's a physical side. There's a lot of, of pieces. And what I tried to do is try to break those down so yeah. people could start understanding how chaos is affecting their level of peace, especially over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I like how you said, you know, it's like freedom from disturbance and uh, those because we think of, you know, war, we think of things like that. A lot of times we write these, but for yours, it was like an internal uh, piece that we're we're trying to find. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I often ask the question, like, you know, what superpower would you have? And people are like, oh, you know, be invisible, fly all this. But I think an incredible superpower that's super doable is not allowing others to dictate how I'm going to go about my day or how I'm going to feel. And I think this book's a really good tool for that. It's a very good mental health book, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it is. You know, I'm, like I hear so much on mental health right now, like, which is great. Yeah. There's, there's a lot more people talking about mental health. There is a problem though. And the problem is a lot of people will go get help and counseling but a lot of times this, the prescription is a drug to take this drug. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. But here's an antidepressant. And, and I get it for those of you listening, that that may be something you need. And there's other reasons and issues. What I was trying to do is like, Hey, before that, because once you start, it's hard to get off. Yeah. So bef before that, what if we actually looked at the levels of peace and it might go, oh my gosh, I didn't even know why, but it was my place or it was my, the people yeah. in my life. Like, you know, I've allowed two people's lack of peace affect my level of peace. Huh? Well, what do I need to do about those two people? So why am I taking drugs because of those two people? <laughs> yeah. They should be on drugs <laughs> you know, versus me. And so what I was trying to do is getting people the tools to start having these conversations to go, Hey, before you have to go to some antidepressant, do some work on your own life. And maybe you'll find there's some peace issues and some levels that can just be worked on. Yeah. And 
one thing about whether it's voices or gears or 100x leader or any of the amazing tools that you put out one thing i really like about your books and the content from giant especially is the visual tools the common language that you have out there talk to us about the importance of having a common language when you know if, if you mentioned before five voices it's essentially you know myers briggs but to where everybody can really really understand it uh, so talk about why that is so important to have that yeah. common language for people to use. Yeah, it has to be simple enough for a 13-year-old to get it mm -hmm. so that it scales. Because like, if you think about like Harvard and leadership, um, Harvard is awesome. Rate really, really high, makes you think, go really deep. But it's written at such a level that I yeah. can't explain it to someone else very well. and Or I can lose them very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and so therefore I'm not connecting. So here's the, here's the reason we do it. We create objective, common objective language that everyone can understand. So number one, make sure that um, it's, you're not being judged yep. because we use tools as mirrors to go, Hey, this is, you see the broccoli in your teeth. Here's where mine is. So that objectivity in common language creates now vulnerability and authenticity. But then the second part of it is it so it helps you get healthy, but then it helps you scale because you can teach it to other people. And when you teach, you learn. And that's a fundamental practice, even in the military. I mean, it's training. So when you're training, you're teaching, you're learning. And that's gone away in a lot of uh, leadership stuff. It's like just a bunch of jargon and it's really high level that I can't explain to someone else. So I feel like a know-it-all because I've read all these things and everyone, I'm unapproachable and I'm a leadership guru that no one wants to follow. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's not how leadership works. So that's what yeah. we've done. It's, it's really interesting because I, my wife, I've, I've turned my wife onto a lot of this content and a lot of my coworkers and uh, we, we all kind of speak the language and it's that, subjectivity versus objectivity is that piece where my wife can come up to me and say, you know, I got my laptop out referring back to like five gears and she can say, Hey, are you actually going to spend time with us tonight? Or are you still going to be working? And I would blow a gasket and I would be like, excuse me. Where if she says, Hey, are you going to be in fourth gear all night? Or are you going to shift down to second? And yeah. it's like, Oh wow. You got a good point. So it's crazy how it works, but she says it's one same thing. simple thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, call a play. Yeah. Or just, you know, if I'm busy at work jamming something out and I hold up five fingers and it's, I'll get back to you later. And call as opposed, the play. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's incredible. And you do it again here with peace index and a couple of the uh, tools that I want to talk about. I'm giving this one credit to your daughter, the hope meter. Uh, talk yes. to us about how that came about because I actually used it with my daughter the other day as well. Awesome. Yeah. No, um, the, the idea, again, you're, we're trying to give assessment indexes, things where people can assess, and then it, it's it's less dramatic. Mm -hmm. If I go, hey, Trip, how are you, man? And how are you? No, really, tell me how you're really feeling. And it feels like pressure of like yeah, some like really hard, deep conversation. <laughs> but if I go, well, okay, hey, where where's your hope meter right now? So hope is important to peace. Where there's no hope, there's no peace. Mm -hmm. 
So, and when you, when you exacerbate the future or when you, when you catastrophize tomorrow, then hope diminishes when hope diminishes dissatisfaction goes up. Right. So the idea with my daughter was having these, just something when she was off and I couldn't figure out what, and I had tried the, well, what's going on? No, really. I tried all that stuff. And I go, well, let's, let me make up a tool here. What if, and so we worked together to create this hope meter. And the idea was how hopeful are you today about your tomorrow right now? Yeah. Now, but then you pick a topic and you get, you can play how hopeful are you today about your tomorrow with your friends, one through a hundred and 70 to a hundred is green, 50 to 70 is yellow, under 50 is red. You can give words to it, numbers to it, colors to it. You're just trying to go, where's the hope meter right now? Because what you're really trying to identify is what's off and why is it off? Yeah. Because a lot of people will wallow in misery of general frustration, general griping. Man, I'm just so tired of, golly, I mean, why can't they, why don't we, I wish we had. Can't like, pinpoint it. All generic. So then it feels pressure to anyone else around you. And they're like, oh, he's off. I don't know what to do. They're walking on eggshells. Yeah. When it could be a text from your friend that really wounded you and frustrated or frustrated or a boss who has expectations they're not sharing or a neighbor that's got music really loud. That's just driving you nuts. So it's like, get specific, right? So the hope meter is basically like, how hopeful are you today about your tomorrow? Yeah. And when, when people take it, they, I ask them to start with self about you as a person. And you may go, I'm 84 right now. I'm green. I'm feeling really optimistic about the future personally. Then I go, okay, how, where's your hope meter with your family? Oh, yeah. I've got, I'm a 62. Like, it's just, I'm struggling. Yeah. Uh, and so now you go, ooh, okay, what's going on? you're hopeful for yourself. Something else is not. So what's happening with the people in your life? Yeah. And, you know, my joke is you're only as good as your weakest kid <laughs> because you're like, one of you, and I don't mean weak, like weakling. I mean, like in that moment, yeah. a kid can be off at, or a season, right? We all know it. And so you're like, yeah, what that number goes down, that that their peace levels affect your peace levels. Hundred percent. Yeah. So that's the language. That's the idea of the hope mirror. I think I think it's a really helpful tool too. The way that we've used it, where it's you capture it, where it's all right. So today, right now, like you said, how hopeful are you about tomorrow? Well, I'm just okay. Then tomorrow happens, and it was. Let's talk about where you forecasted yourself for today. How was it really? Because the easiest day was yesterday. The hardest day is tomorrow. And it really mm -hmm. starts to put things into perspective when you go over it. Like, gosh, you know, I'm kind of worrying about nothing day in and day out. I'm overthinking. I'm, you know, my anxiety is building. And they kind of, it gives them something measurable to see, um, to start kind of calming those nerves and, and anxiety a little bit. So I think it's a great tool. And also the peace index assessment. I think this is creative about the percentages floating above people's heads. So explain to our audience the context of the peace index assessment. So I bet you, um, I bet there's a lot of video game players listening. A lot that's of people play video games, Yeah. right? So then you know that like health number that's over the head mm -hmm. of an avatar. 
and it's like, hey, it's going down 51, 48, you know, whatever. So it's just like picture every one of us has a number over our head. And you have one, I have one right now. And everyone that you come in contact with has that number over their head. So it's like, that's really interesting. What does that number represent? That's their level of peace at that moment. Mm-hmm. Again, um, they could have woken up as an 84. They had a conversation with a spouse that took them to a 62. Their kid did something that's down to a 58. Their boss comes, you see what I mean? And yeah. our numbers go up and down like the Wall Street uh, ticker, like uh, mm-hmm. a financial ticker. And so you're like, all right, well, that's really interesting. So then how do I know what my number is? Number one. And then ultimately the maturity is developing inner peace. So that number is not so up and down every day, Mm. but maturity is actually where it's kind of stable. Yeah. Where it it still goes up and it goes down, but you've got perspective. You're more resilient. You've learned to realize what your tendencies are. Yeah. I have a tendency to worry about money. I have a tendency to yell at my wife. I have a tendency to blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, those are tendencies are affecting your piece, but they also are affecting other people's piece. So you might be your number being low, which is really what's happened the last two and a half years. What's happened is those little devices, those little cell phone devices that we have, they've just, they're called chaos spreaders. Oh, yeah. And what they do is they they spread lack of peace because of news, social media, text messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those affect us. And so to go resiliency, we need mature adults is what we need in this world. So maturity is the ability to handle these waves and have iron legs. Yeah. To actually have peace and to go right at chaos and not allow them to push you back and affect other people. Now I'm preaching. I got a yeah. sermon. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> look, I've, I've cut back on my social media usage. I've cut back on uh, news or any of that stuff because uh, even sports to an extent, because yeah, it can really alter us. And then the, the roller coaster person you were talking about where there's nothing worse than dealing with most people have worked with them where Monday you get this version of them and then Tuesday you get this version and going back to the walking on eggshells. So uh, it's really good for you to have that self-awareness. And I wanted to just unpack a couple of uh, these that you include as part of the peace index. And one of which is purpose, which I really like what you said about the want to more than the have to. And it's the, it kind of takes me back to what I actually talked about on a couple episodes ago, where uh, there's a huge difference with waking up and saying, uh, I want to go to work versus I have to go to work. So explain to our audience uh, why purpose was the first one that you chose here. Yeah. So if you think about like, uh, we are, a lot of us have obligations. We have bills, family, and those family have bills. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So it's money. And so what happens in life is over time, the cares of the world the all the stuff kind of enters in and kind of chokes us and kind of like over time kind of lowers our purpose level so we wake up i'm generalizing here not Mm -hmm. everyone is this way but a lot majority are where they wake up going is this what i'm supposed to do with my life yeah really am i supposed like 
this is my life for 25 years, up. 30 years. And I, yeah. Huh. And so to find purpose is really like, well, wait, wait, let's, let's pull back and go, what, what are you good at? Yeah. And what do you love? And can you make what you're good at and what you love can, does the world need it? And can you figure out a way to get paid for what you're good at and what you love? So all I've done is I've been building businesses um, and creating businesses based on what I'm good at and what I love. Does the world need it? Yes. Will they pay for it? Yes. So, you know, like, so I write a book and then I take the content and I license the content to people to use inside companies or they become coaches or consultants. So I created a business called Giant based on what I'm good at and what I love. And so therefore my purpose is relatively high. I'm like a 88 to a 95. Yeah. Pretty. That's the level I stay at on purpose. Um, I've then added some things like my son and I, my son, I apprenticed my son on giant tools from 13 to 18. Hmm. Uh, and I did it with all my kids. So my son graduates college from OU um, this last year in May. And he came came to me and said, Hey dad, I think I have this job opportunity, but I'm going to say no. And I want to start a business with you. Can we package what you did for me for dads? Mm. And I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the last five months we built a company, he built the company. I helped him and it's called six summers. It's six summers.com. And it's basically we're helping dads, learn how to be the heroes again. We're teaching dads to be heroes by what and how to launch their kids well, how to help them buy a car, how to help them start a company. You have to start a company at age 15. You have to, uh, we're training them on mental, we're training them on physical, we're training them on lots of different areas, but it's really about the dad. And we're training Mm -hmm. dads to be intentional and we're training them how to see their kids, how to do family trips. So, you plan your summers every year through six summers. And then you you have conversations, you have skills, you have experiences, you do trips, you do all these things, these rites of passage with your family, and it makes you better. Yeah. Now I go back to purpose to go, are you kidding me? That's like my purpose. That's my sweet spot. And my son wants to partner with me to help other dads. Yeah. Well, it's what I'm good at. I create content that the world uses to unlock the potential in them. I raise up liberators. That's what I'm good at. And that's what I love. And the world needs it and they'll pay for it. It's not very much. It's $350 a year uh, to be a member. And Mm -hmm. you then, so trying to make it where it wasn't a very, uh, you know, we have scholarships and other things, but it's like simple enough where you can do it. My point is like that feeds my purpose. Yeah. So, for you listening to go, okay, that's me. What about you? What do you love? What are you good at? Uh, can Does the world need it? And can you get paid to do it? Does that become a full-time job or does that become a side hustle? And maybe that side hustle uh, is enough. It feeds your purpose that you like your job, but you don't love it. But you have the side hustle that you love, but you can't be paid for it full-time. Mm-hmm. But that combination allows you to feel really good about your work. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It seems like it has a little bit of passion mixed in there with that. Something you're passionate about mixed with that purpose as well. Um, I, I love what you were talking about how 
oftentimes people can get lost in the company's vision and it's their purpose that almost like overtakes us to where we kind of lose sight of what it is that we actually, you know, are, are seeking or, or wanting to do. Uh, and I thought it was pretty cool too. the, it was individuals between 55 and 70 are really the ones who what discover their purpose. Uh, well, I think, I think it's, I think you actually can find it. Like what I actually said is all of us have a purpose. Yeah. Very few find it. Only some yes. of us find it. Yep. But what I, my belief is, and I, and I actually, I had a conversation today with a guy who totally affirmed this and he was, he's about 65 uh, that 55 to 72 are your influence years, 55 to 70. Those are your most influential years in life. And so the reason they are is because one, you became, you become a little bit more wise Yep. because you've, you're doing things, you're learning from your mistakes. Maturity. You, um, yeah. The second thing that you've done is you basically, um, you've gotten to the point where you maybe have a little bit more discretionary income because your kids are through school or the heavy expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you maybe have earned a little bit more the later that you go, or you resolve figured out what you want to do. So all the stuff that you don't have to do anymore, you stop doing, you stop proving yourself to people. And then you have more influence. If you have a good reputation and you've lived a good life, people want to be around you. So you get invited to do things. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I'm saying that's the most influential years of a person's life. So the fun game is to just subtract 55 from your current age. So how many years would that be, Trev, for you? Oh, you're going to tell our audience. So I'm, I'm 40 <laughs> right now. So that'd be 15. Okay. So you get 15 years. So you got 15 more years of preparation until your influence years. Yeah. Uh, I have four. I've got four more years. So I've been building these companies. So I've got a sports division. I've got Giant. I've got a sports company. I've got six summers with my son. Where my wife and I are building a farmstead, a wedding venue uh, outside of oh. Oklahoma City. We've got a number of little projects. And I'm trying to get all of those ready for those years, and then having other people run them. Yeah. So that's that's what I do, and so I'm basically creating um, uh, room for me to be in my sweet spot at that yeah. point in time. I'm thoroughly convinced you don't sleep at this point. Uh, <laughs> with all of that so last night i i would agree with you I, I had to fly to austin and back in a day and it was like 21 hour day yes. it was, it was that was nuts but i normally i sleep a good six seven hours seven okay hours. that's that's more than most i think so yeah. and so i love the purpose piece i thought it was a very well written section you have about that and then next you transition into that people uh, piece where it was we were mentioning earlier not to let the behavior of others destroy our inner peace talk to us about the importance of that and uh you know I, I, mainly the top 10 to 20 people and why that's so important for us to figure out because we all have generalizing as well thousands of social media friends yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 2.k followers and stuff <laughs> so okay this is interesting i love this game what i'm about to tell you but if you're listening to this, play this game. It's the people assessment in the, the peace index. But you, it's so dangerous. You can't show anyone this list okay. or your peace level is going to go down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because when they, when they see the number you gave them, they're going to like, what? What are you, 
what in the world? So uh, basically the idea is take the top 10 people you spend the most time with, not your top 10 favorite people, the top 10 people you spend the most time with and give them a number. Uh, and that number represents your level of peace with them. Mm. Like, like he's a 64 or I don't know what's going on with John, but it's like a 70 yeah. or Becky 88. Oh my gosh. She's amazing. I love the interaction. I feel great. So you then put that score and then next to it, you go, okay, why is it that score? What's happening yeah. for that to, to be there? Then the next section is so far as it depends on me, how can I get that score up? Can I? Mm-hmm. And if you have some that are really low and you're like, look, I try everything every day. I know their voice. There's not working, blah, blah, blah. They're at a 50 and they're a narcissist and it's just not, there's a boundary there Yeah. to go. Okay. Then why are you letting them have so much influence in your life? Mm. You've got to do something to create a boundary so that they're shake the dust off your feet, move on. Why is that person still allowed to have the influence they're having in your life? Because they're lowering your level of peace, which has been causing you a cause and effect, the butterfly effect. You're lowering your kid's level of peace because of that relationship. You're lowering your spouse's level of peace so because of that one person. Why? So what it does is it basically just makes this hard, wow, I'm going to do this people assessment. I'm going to go for it. And, um, and then do something about it. So far as it depends on you, be at peace with them. But if you can't, shake the dust off and move on. That's so true, too, because... I know just speaking for me personally, I've had instances where I've had some sort of run in with somebody. And then the first people that feel the brunt of my conversation with them is my spouse, is my kids, is those closest to me. And sometimes you'll actually go to coworkers and you start just unloading all of this frustration with this one person. So that's very true. And you hear it a lot. Why are you letting them bother you so much? Um, so yeah, another another good tool here. This is the one that I circled that I really wanted to talk to you probably the most about because I think it's something that majority of our listeners out there can really, really relate to, but place. And oh, yeah. oh I, I love that. And it's it's something that was clear as day during the pandemic. But you know, we've got this house, for example. We bought our house uh when we moved here. And never planned on a pandemic happening, but then it does. And all of a sudden people are all crammed in there with each other um, in our houses. So it's the space that, uh, as you say, supercharges us. Talk to us about the importance of even like your story, being in Atlanta and how that move kind of altered your mindset. So you think, think about spaces like that you live, like, if you, if you think about your day, 24 hours, and you put a percentage of where you spent time, how many hours did you spend in the bed? Seven, eight, mm-hmm. six to eight hours in a bed, in a bedroom. Okay. Well, what's that like? Then where do you go? Well, then in my kitchen, then I'm in my den, then I am in my car, then I am in my office. If you work outside, some of you don't, you work in your home. So spaces are important. So what I have people do is to go take your spaces. What are the top 
five or six spaces that you are in the most. And what's that like? Uh, meaning, okay, if you're going to spend six to eight hours in a bed every day and your mattress is horrible, well, spend money on your mattress. Yeah. Cause you're going to spend, you get better rest, which then makes you feel better. is <laughs> like cause and effect. So then the idea would take one through 10 rank your spaces. Uh, so I go, let me say my backyard for me, we intentionally build it. I'd give it a 9.8 out of mm-hmm. 10 because we intentionally built it for that. Uh, my office, this is my office. I'm, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I have a funny, uh, this couch right there. Oh, that's better than an eight and a half. That's a nice office. No, isn't, that a, isn't that a cool, <laughs> uh, but to make it a 9.5, yeah. this chair and that couch aren't comfortable. Mm. So they look good. A, they look good. Yeah. But they're not comfortable. So I don't set up here very often. Yeah. Because I because and my wife told me this chair is not going to be comfortable. And I go, yeah, but it looks cool. So I bought it. <laughs> and then I go, yeah, she's right. It's not comfortable. But so you can't I tell her that. It. <laughs> she, yeah. So the the point of it is control the controllables. Yeah. So a lot of people go, well, yeah, it'd be nice if you could build a neighborhood. Yeah. It'd be nice if you could build a house. It'd be nice if we, but we can't. Like, okay, I get it. But what can you do? Mm -hmm. Then, so what you do is you take your list of every space, put a number one through 10, 10 is the highest. And then next to it, go, what can you do to move the number up? Yeah. So the idea in the book was I took the idea from the Huga, which is a Danish term. They have a system in, in, in Denmark, which is basically uh, control your peace, control your space. They use fire. They use candles. They use incense. They use string lights. They use uh, hot chocolate, cocoa, hot cider. They create ambiance. And it's like a tradition there. So if you visit, you're like at night, you're walking into this, oh, it, feel, it feels so good in here. Just this is magical. And what did they do? They turned string lights on, they had a really good drink and a fire. Yeah. And it felt it felt warm. Yep. So what a lot of people do is accidental living. They just kind of show up, they throw their stuff, then they're frustrated that their house is a mess. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, wait, control the controllables. Yeah. String lights will do a lot. Yeah. So re- rearrange your room. That costs nothing. Um, string lights don't cost that much. Uh, you can, you know, have a fire at night. Create a, make it a special night event. Have theme nights in your space. It's, it's, uh, you know, card night. It's, um, game night, whatever, you, but yeah, you're yeah. creating ambiance, right? And so you control what you can control and you'll find that your controllables are way higher than you even knew. Yeah. And that's ultimately what I'm trying to convey is your peace index. For most of us, we put it on other people. Other people are affecting our level of peace. Mm-hmm. When we go, hey, wait, 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 no, 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 no. I'm going to control the controllables. I can rearrange that. I can change this. I got this. Now my peace level starts going back up. I'm now more resolved, 
I'm less traumatic, so I'm not spreading drama to other people. I've controlled chaos. It no longer controls me. Yeah, I think place was a looking back, beauty of hindsight. My mom would always move things around. She's like, it makes the energy better. It makes me feel better. Uh, and that's something I kind of picked up on. It was, it, funny part, the what is it? Huga, is that how you say it? Yeah. So I read that and I, I totally went Tim to Toolman Taylor. I went in there to talk to my wife. <laughs> And explain it by doing something, and I totally butchered it, and was like, no, "She, she thinks I'm an idiot now." Um, but I, I like how for our listeners out there that have checked out Five Gears, it really goes into that first gear, that recharge. Oh. It's hard for you to re- you can have the mindset ready to go that I need to recharge, but like you said, if you come in and you're like, "The house is dirty. There's dirty dishes. There's this, that, and the other. There's you know." dog toys spread out. it's yeah. hard to really get that full recharge so i think place is very very important you know, i have to i i do a lot of this and i i don't think i'm realizing it until i'm just telling you this so you're helping mm-hmm. me realize this um i plan i look ahead a lot so chapter eight in the book was my my favorite chapter in the entire book which we'll get into, but I plan a lot. I look like I did this last night. I look at the next two, three, four weeks Mm -hmm. and I look and see what I don't like. And I schedule things that make me excited about the next three or four weeks. Mm. So, so I'm like, man, I need some JK time. I need my own time. Boom. I'm like, Ooh, I'm already looking forward to that time. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm looking forward to that. It's in my calendar. No one touches it. Yeah. Um, Date nights plan date night. And I have an idea of what I want to want to do. That is a surprise to my wife. Um, gatherings or friends. Then when I have enough things I'm excited about, I'm an extrovert. So introverts, you'll hate this. You can do it a different way, but extroverts, I have enough. I'm looking forward to my hope goes up. My peace mm-hmm. is pretty high because I'm excited about the future. Yeah. So that's like knowing yourself to know what, how you recharge. Right. Yeah. So that's Everybody's just an different. example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, and th- that's important too, especially if you're sharing a roof with somebody to understand that they don't necessarily recharge the same way you do. And that's right. so very, very important. And then uh, personal health, the the fourth of the five personal health, mind, body, spirit. I mean, we are talking about the mental health piece as well, but I thought it was very interesting. I'm huge on statistics and, polls and there was one that you had in there were 2000 men by one poll it was the average men rate their mental health at 60 percent and then uh feel down at least three times per week it's said in the military a lot you know physical social spiritual uh emotional domains are pillars that we have but talk about the importance of physical health and really focusing on us first kind of going back to the uh you know circle of influence with the accidental intentional so every input has an output right Mm -hmm. so the idea of what's the input that's affecting you you know we'll talk about this a little bit even at um at ou at football uh talk to you like what are you listening to if it's negative if it's hate that hate will affect you yeah. What are you watching? What so like you said, I can't listen to uh sports radio because I get mad and I'm frustrated. It affects me. 
So it makes me negative to my team. So if we're losing and we've lost a few games here, then it's, I really can't listen to it, you know, because I'm like, you idiot. That's not at all what's going on. Yeah. So, so inputs have outputs, inputs have consequences. A Twinkie has a different consequence than an Apple. So the concept that I put in there is the idea of like, hey, it's not wrong and it's not horrible. Okay, you ate a Twinkie. But it's actually the idea of trading up. You trade up to something better. So when you know something's better for you, we know what to do. We know when food is not, we know when we've overeaten. We know if most of us, we know it. But it's literally the idea of like, let's trade up here. I want a better outcome. Yeah. So that's the concept around uh, the peace index. Yeah. Yeah. And then final one, and the only reason I'm bringing this one uh, up like I am is because the time this episode's dropping, we're going into the holiday season and people are charging up cards and getting gifts right and left, but provision. Uh, Explain like, because to me, that and place are often overlooked by people in personal mm-hmm. health. So explain the importance of provision those yeah. needs versus the wants. So uh, yeah, provision is like, do you have enough to live the life you're living? And if you really, really think about it, most people are like, yeah. Now, do you have, en- do you have enough for the life that you want? No, but I do have, you know what I need. So my joke was like, I took from, I stole from the prophet Mick Jagger. You can't always get what you want, but yeah. if you try sometimes, you just might find that you get what you need. Yep. And it's the idea that when you really realize, I only need about fifteen hundred square foot. I only need um, a basic vehicle that gets me to and fro. I personally only need some books and a guitar and some friends and my family, you know, like we really need a lot less, but it's the want it's marketing. So the holidays, it's like the pressure for the kids, they haven't regulated yet. They're not mature. So they're like, Ooh, I want that. I, but they say, I need, I need this. I really need this. Like, no, you really want this. (laughs) What you need is the food and water that you get every day. Yeah. <laughs> and you're good. The want is, you know, for whatever reason, the peer pressure or, or their friends have it or whatever. We only did Christmas. We, we only gave our kids three gifts. Mm. And we said, and it was awesome. So we were like, hey, you're going to, everyone in our family only gets three. So it makes it easier because you, you're not scurrying trying to figure out, well, we got Tommy 15 gifts and we need to get Sarah. 15 too so i have 10 she's got 15 (laughs) yeah so we just said everyone gets three yeah and then we figured out the gifts you know for that and so just these little life hacks yeah but what i encourage people to do is do a people uh sorry a provision budget on your needs a needs budget versus a wants budget Mm, that's a different way and a needs budget is this is really what we need We've decided we wanted these things, so we added the wants column. Yeah. But our needs column is right here. Our wants column is over here. And then we can always, if we have to pull back, we just pull back our wants. Yeah. 
to make sure that we always have our needs. That's why it's hard sometimes when you see these pictures of like um, uh, rural poverty or poverty in certain places, and they've got a satellite dish um, on there. They've got a cable and they're paying $120 for cable or whatever. And they've got the latest and greatest cell phone. <laughs> and you're like, well, those yeah. are wants mixed with needs. So bad decisions around budgeting leads to poor outcomes. So yeah. it's, it's, again, some of this is common sense. But what I try to do is I try to package it in a way to cause people to think differently and hopefully have a conversation with someone else in their family so that you're like, huh, yeah, this is really where I'm off. Yeah. And it's something like provision like that, that could really impact personal health people. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy how all these kind of tying together and can trickle down from one to the next, if you're not aware of it, because it, all the leadership books and stuff that I've really dug deep into, they focus on purpose and people and, and health. But I really like that you break down place and provision. That's what I thought really differentiates this as a, you got to read this versus you know, you go through the self-help books at a uh, books a million and a lot of them, it's kind of the same concepts repackaged, but I really yeah. did like how you unpack those. And I got to ask, cause I, in the book, you mentioned you too, best you two song. Oh uh, yeah. Where the streets have no name for, for me. Okay. All right. Yeah, that would be, uh, I do like beautiful day. Um, inspire. I like one. Uh, like one. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're one, but we're not the same. I mean, it's just, Oh, uh, that's a good song. Yeah, so deep. All right. Well, but I'm I'm old. Uh, Rattling <laughs> Hum and Joshua Tree. Those are my two. Albums. Joshua Tree. Yep. Yeah. One of the best albums. Uh, for our listeners out there, we we've kind of walked them through purpose, people, place, personal health, provision. Talk about how they are. If especially, you got to get the book to really really see it. But talk about how all those percentages are so important to overall peace. So once you figure out your your number. You take all five and divide by five to get that number. Once you figure out your number, you have a peace plan. Take your lowest number and you start working on it. And there's all types of ways to, to help you to do that. Uh, and then the last chapter or one of the last chapters, chapter eight, is the keeping the peace. It's how do you do it every day? So I figured out I had to manage my emotions so that other people didn't manage my emotions. Yeah. And so that's really the idea of the book is like, how do we help people see it and do something about it? So I have this process I do. I call myself up every morning. I look for people of peace. I had it happen today. This crazy thing happened. It was really cool of an old friend from high school. Mm -hmm. And then I got to help him and his son. Um, and then, um, then it goes into this 530 every day. I do an exam. So I'll do it here in a little bit. But the examine basically is on my watch. It just goes, boom, examine. And I go, yeah, all right. And I look back on my day and I go, what was I really grateful for today? Like, what was really good highlights of the day? I'll text someone to say, hey, thanks so much for that you know, trip. Thanks, dude, for the time today. I really enjoyed it. Good job. Yeah. Proud of you. Uh, then I'll, I'll um, look back and go, where was I not at peace today? And where was I off? And then what's so cool about that is it enables me every day to almost uh, work on stuff every day so that it doesn't build up and become something really big. I keep really short accounts. I'm like, yeah, I was, why was I so, why did I wake up on that wrong side of the bed? Why was I so frustrated with so-and-so? Was it me or was it them? 
Yeah. And I start with me. I go, it was me. I think I was frustrated here. And that led to this. Yeah. My bad. I'm so sorry. It was me, you know, yeah. or I at least know. And I go, well, that's a tendency you have. And this is when it happens and why it happens. And this is what you do. So next time trade up, yeah, do something different. And I, I have 29 tendencies I've figured out about myself because of this process. Wow. And so it's really cool. And yeah. so now I know myself and I'm leading myself a lot better. And so then what I do is I look at tomorrow and I start thinking about tomorrow's calendar and go, am I ready for it? Am I emotionally ready? Am I ready? You know, um, where am I? And so now that gives me the chance to really, uh, my evenings are great mm. because I'm at peace at night because I've dealt with any issues um, in that 5.30 exam. So that's what I do. And then as I go to sleep, sometimes I put a theme over myself. Mm -hmm. When I'm going to sleep, I plant a seed and I'm like, uh, choose joy, choose joy tomorrow. Um, choose right. hope. What are, I pick a phrase when I go to sleep and I try to remember it. It's like a game. And then when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, what was that again? Oh yeah. Choose joy. And it starts my day because I've, yeah, I've planted the seed the night before. So it's like this lifestyle. Um, and so I'm, I have this last phrase for you and I know we got to run, oh, but, yeah. um, this last phrase, I have a mentor of mine and back he was this, he was older and he was 81 when he was mentoring me. And he's like, Jeremy, the, pe the, the people, the, the fountains go to people or people go to fountains. I'm like, people go to fountains. And then he goes, why? Like, well, they go to him because they need water, ambiance, refreshing. Yeah. yeah. Well, what if, what if the water's bad? I'm like, uh, it becomes a cesspool. People walk around it. They don't want anything to do with it. He goes, right. Be a good fountain. Huh? And that's his message. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so simple. So I have yeah. to, what I have to do is I have to manage my emotions so that I don't have bad water coming out. Okay. Yeah. I ha I'm working on myself daily so that it's like, pure it's good people want it and when that happens they'll come to you you don't have to chase people they'll come pull from you i'm going to so. steal the self-reflection piece and for our listeners especially those who interact with me on a daily uh hold me accountable and start reaching back to me making sure i'm doing it so i'm going to steal that and i like the planting the seed piece uh final comments for our listeners and then also where can they find out more about giant and all the amazing things you're doing and we'll have yeah. the link in the episode description for the book yeah, and and if you want the if you want to take this assessment or send people the assessment, you can do it for free. It's at the peaceindexbook.com. Okay. The peaceindexbook.com. And you can go take the assessment. And it gives a lot more detail um, and questions than what I what we just did there. So that could be fun for them. And then they'll everything they need uh, is there to find out how to connect with Giant uh, with that site. Um, yeah, no, my my thought is like. Um, remember peace is power and if you want to be a powerful person that means you need to increase your peace then that means that you need to understand where you're not at peace and why you're not at peace and do something about it control the controllables i like it well i can't thank you enough for taking time to do this out of your extremely busy sleep deprived schedule uh for mm -hmm. being here on another episode of shadows i'm sure we're going to have you back again mm -hmm. uh, i look awesome. very much look forward to it so thank you so much for taking time to do this 
204. Can't wait to be there. Thanks, there we go. We'll do that. Well, folks, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Shadows Podcast.